Hi guys, I'm Dr. Chris Polod, Mr. Chris to most of the kids at Little Pieces Club. I am a pediatrician in practice for about 15 years and I've been in an academic institution and I uh, do a little research and uh, give lots of presentations and teach medical students. I'm a child of divorce and I was led a couple of years ago to create Little Pieces Club Ministries. And what it is, is a blending of psycho psychology and science and the healing themes, grief and resilience themes found in the Bible. And we anchor it all in the greatest commandments where we're learning to love God, self and others so that we can have healthy relationships and you as a parent can support your kids as they develop the skills needed for those healthy relationships when they grow up. You can connect with us on a couple different platforms. Uh, there are Twitter handle, Instagram, TikTok, traditional email, and the QR code will get you to our public-facing Facebook group. And I may have a couple of questions for you uh, that I'll message you about if you want to join there. But our uh, list of videos and activity sheets are uh, stored there. Welcome to episode 9, and we are currently in part 5 of our grief series. Today's episode is on bargaining, and for those of you listening at home, this will be covering both the child small group and the teen small group edition. And just as a reminder, this is for parents who like to delve a little bit deeper into what their kids are experiencing if they are uh, going through a uh, Little Pieces Club Ministries small group on divorce. And the ministry is focused on um, divorce um, pre, during, and after, uh, but there are also very, very common themes to other types of um, traumatic recovery. What we focus on is the themes of uh, grief leading to forgiveness and then finally thriving. And the two basic metaphors that drive our theology are Jesus as the Good Shepherd and us and Jesus as trees of life. So those are always running in the background and so those will come up from time to time. Just as a reminder for our at-home format, we always encourage kids that they can do this in solitude or community. Those are the key words so that you, they can invite parents, siblings, or um, uh, special adults to go through it with them. Uh, but we also encourage parents to allow them to do this on their own. I guarantee that the content is very safe. And what I'm doing throughout this whole um, podcast is going through the slides that we have in our presentations for the small group. And so this first slide is of a person standing on a rock at the edge of some water, staring off into a storm. And that's just to remind us that solitude is very important. And the very next slide is a group of friends uh, to remind us also that community is just as important. And so we encourage kids always to balance their choices between solitude and community. And for you as a parent, that may mean that if they decide that they don't want to spend time at the dinner table, that you may allow them to do that. Just have a calm and kind discussion with them a little bit later about why they needed to do that. And if you can be of any help 
in helping them process whatever it is they're processing. And so, again, we're just trying to support you with different ideas on how to engage kids um, because the emotions that they experience through um, a separation, divorce, and other grieving and traumatic experiences can be pretty much all over the map. So you need to be ready for anything. Another reminder for our at-home format is we typically start uh, it with a 15 to 20 minute activity uh, that could be fun, relaxing, it could be uno, it could be anything um, other than kind of just mindless viewing of media. Um, but if someone wants to share some safe, funny videos, that's okay. Um, this will be followed by a snack time where we review prayers for the week um, and then we go on to a video lesson, uh, followed by uh, some activities and then prayers to close the video. Then you'll uh, go back to a fun, relaxing activity for a few minutes. And what this does uh, to kind of give you the theology of what's going on, this is a mini Sabbath where you're setting aside time to have fun, be relaxed, experience God, and delight in either things by yourself or with other people. Um, that is going to be a tremendously big resilience factor as kids recover from whatever it is they're recovering from. So we have a slide um, where we just uh, remind people to um, do that fun thing for about 15 to 20 minutes without screen time, but you can set a timer. So that way, if you lose track of time, you come back to the video. So uh, the next quick slide is a welcome back slide. And we ask them, uh, or we, re we remind them that they can use a prayer template uh, that can be downloadable, downloaded from our Facebook site. And uh, for the teens, they grab their journals. And some kids will have journals as well. Uh, so um, they will have those with them as we go through the next part of the session. So the next part as we settle in together as a group is ask me or ask each other. And that is ask the small group leader any questions about things that you're going through so that they can either answer those questions or look for answers. And then they can ask each other about things that are going on in their lives. So this is just intentional space to allow that community um, to, uh, to happen. In later videos, I actually will have a directed question for everyone to talk about. Um, but for now in these slides, I had left it out. Next, grab that snack and journal, uh, and then also the prayer template. It's gonna have a couple of colorful stripes on it. And essentially what it is, it's a kid version of um, praying the examine. Uh, which is a big, long, old word for just assessing uh, how, thing, how a period of time went and how close or far you were from God. And so what we do is we focus on our emotions and um, the, the basic ones are going to be happy, uh, having fun, uh, disgusted, angry, sad, and scared. So what we do is for a period of time, like let's say it's a week, um, how many times in the last week have you been really happy? And then we thank God for bringing those things and giving you those blessings. Um, the next question is, um, it gives me rest and delight to spend time with you alone and with my friends. This week I really liked 
And those are times of Sabbath and solitude and community. Um, Then we turn to the negative emotions. So God, not all feelings are pleasant. And this week I was disgusted about, help me deal with these things. And then the next one is, I know it's okay to be mad. This week I am particularly angry about, and then we turn that to God, help me forgive and be less angry. Next, we turn to sadness. God, this week I feel sad about, and then they can fill in the blanks. Help me understand these things. And then next and last is, God, please help me with my fears. This week I am particularly worried about, so on and so forth. And then we take that to God in, help me be less afraid to trust you. And all while all this is going on, we do encourage um, a small meal or snack. And we encourage people not to think about dieting foods uh, during a small Sabbath time because it's supposed to be really indulgent. So we're to the welcoming slide uh, for this edition, and we are talking um, about grief and in particular this week about bargaining. So we'd spend a little bit of time reminding ourselves about the the various um, stages of grief. So we um, and kids that are going through this may have already gone through stages, and maybe it's just helping them to recognize the stage that they went through or to recognize if they have not gone through that stage. Um, So we also remind kids that grief is quite unique to an individual and to a family, much like a snowflake is. And so some stages may not apply, and um, just learning about them Uh, can help you grow stronger for the next time um, something big happens in life that requires you to go through a grief process. So the first stage is shock, followed by anger, followed by sadness, followed by bargaining, followed by acceptance. And then the new one that we're talking about this week is embracing a future with God. And that is finding forgiveness and that allows us to enlarge our soul and to thrive more into the future. And remember um, also that even though these stages seem to be in order, in reality, people experience them kind of all over the map in uh, different times, different phases, and different strengths. Um, So again, going back to the idea that grief is quite unique um, is very important to remember. So we ask a community question, um, and that is, um, have you bargained with God, yourself, or others about the divorce, separation, um, or traumatic event? And these can be long-term bargains or short-term bargains. And the issue to remember in a solitude question like this, so when you ask, um, when we're asking kids to think about this on their own, is it's totally okay. It's part of having a relationship with God, and it's what he values above all. Others throughout the Bible bargain with God, and it's totally okay. Um, God has laid down the idea of challenge, and that is when he named or created Eve. The Hebrew um, can be translated into challenging helper. And so God, because he's put us on this earth to do work, Um, expects us to challenge him a little. So asking him questions, trying to bargain with him through the grieving process is all part of that challenge. And so one of the things that I really um, 
try to make the point to anyone uh, about this is that any of these stages are totally fine. So the next slide that we're looking at is um, from the Bible Project video uh, from Job. He is he experienced horrible things. He demanded that God come and answer for the things that he was dealing with. He was, in essence, bargaining with God. But what we see is that God didn't answer exactly why Job had to experience what he did. But God reminded Job that God sees way more than we humans can. So what we will focus on is the expectation that we have of the relationship. And that is, if we ask him to give us a PlayStation, will he? Probably not. God loves us, but he doesn't spoil us with toys. He does rain down on us with love. And in the case of Job, we see that part of that love was God's presence. Job asked for God to come, and he did. But what if we expect him to do what we say? We will be disappointed. We're not the center of the universe. God created it, and he knows what's best. And part of the grieving process that we go through is understanding the fact that it's God's will that will be done ultimately. We do know that he works for our goodness, but in the moment-to-moment things, we it's not a valid expectation to think that God is going to give us everything that we want. So even Jesus left us examples of bargaining with God. He went a step further in showing us what comes next, and that is the humble admission that God makes the decisions. What's the point? Intentional, honest relationship to God is the point. Jesus even bargained for us. Forgive them, Father, for they do not know what they are doing. We matter, but God's plans are more important. And remember, he never leaves our side when we go through tough times. We may not feel close to him, but at the same token, we know that he's there. So one of the scriptural references that we talk about is Matthew 26, 39. And that is, going a little farther, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, but yet not as I will, but as you will. So this reminds us that bargaining is honest and it's going to, and it comes from the heart. And the fact is that we also need to remember that God's will is ultimate, but it's important that we share our thoughts and feelings with God. So I pause the small group session time and give us space to ask about any memories or thoughts that make kids feel guilty about the divorce, separation, or trauma. So someone else might have done something or the kids might be holding themselves responsible. And that's one way that we can bargain. Oh, it must have been me that did something. And so we um, manifest these feelings in this idea of guilt. And so when we feel guilty about something, we need to ask ourselves, is it something someone else did? Or are, are we angry at something? So many things, what are we, we losing? And this can be something that you used to be sad about. So anything that is a loss that we're trying to process might give us feelings of guilt or a desire to make a bargain. So the next thought we talk about um, uh, 
thoughts that are common uh, for children of divorce that um, reflect this bargaining process. So I'm just going to read those off to you. First is, if me and my brother or sister didn't fight, my parents would get along better. Next is, if I stop getting in trouble in school, dad will come back home. Next, maybe if I work really hard at school and get better grades, my parents won't fight. Next, God, why are you punishing us? Next is the long-term promise, which I'll talk more about in a minute, but is, I will make sure my kids don't go through this. So the solitude question is, we're going to um, talk through a, uh, something called the circle of influence in just a minute. And so we just have this feeling as kids recovering from trauma that there must be something that I can, that I can do or there must be something that I did that led into these circumstances. So one of the ways that we help kids process this idea is through journaling or a worksheet where we talk about the circle of concern and the circle of influence. And so a couple of things to think about. What are things that happen to us that we are not in control of? So that would be something like the weather. But there's something else that we could do that we are in control of, and that is the choices that we have and choices that we make. So then when we apply it to the divorce situation or family chaos situation, we might want to ask the question of the children, do you control when mom and dad fight? And then it gets a little gray based on some of the observations that they make. So what we see on this slide is two circles that are um, one inside the other. At the very center is called the circle of influence. And there's kind of a gray border as it expands to the circle of concern. And so we help kids bring apart or bring out their concerns or their thoughts and um, other types of emotions. And we see how those are connected to this circle. And the one on uh, the one in the outside uh, circle of concern is mom and dad's divorce. So that's a circle. That's something that the kids see that they are concerned about it, but they have no control over it. And then a wish that mom and dad might get back together is also a concern. Um, mom and dad's fighting is also a concern. And so the kids might then say, well, I didn't do my homework. And then mom and dad started fighting. And so then those are the important things that we can bring out and talk to them about that say that, no, even though you didn't do your homework, mom and dad could have made different choices about fighting or not fighting. And so we then allow those children to unburden themselves. And this is exactly uh, when we talked about Jesus as the good shepherd. These types of things, these burdens that children hold, these are what parents or the good shepherds are going to take upon themselves with an apology or some type of um, discussion. And so inside the circle of influence is the kids could make new friends or they could talk about their feelings. So these are just some ideas um, to have when we're talking about the circle of concern and influence. So a common bargain that happens specifically for divorced kids, but also in many kids that go through trauma is 
what I call the divorced kid's promise, um, but this can be widened out. So any traumatic event that a kid experiences, um, and it's typically at the hands of an adult or an adult has allowed things to happen, um, is they make the promise that they are not going to let their children experience this same thing. And this was my story. So I'm going to pause and sort of share about this. As about a five or six-year-old kiddo that was going through their parents' divorce and was extremely sad about it, at one point I said, I'm never going to let my kids go through this. And that sounded like a really good altruistic thing. But when you look at the actual validity of that expectation, it's very, very burdensome for a heart to go through life thinking that they're going to be the sole person to prevent the divorce from happening. And it puts so much into that heart. And also a child does not have a lot of wisdom at this point. So they really don't know how to go about this. Um, and so it can really be a point of stress as the kids grow up. So addressing it um, and giving them permission to talk about it is um, very, very important to helping them grow and leave it behind and enter adulthood with, with much more valid expectations. Now, it's also very important for kids to take marriage seriously um, but at the same time, I, I think the divorced kid's promise um, is too, too burdensome for the kids. So one of the other illustrations that we use um, to talk about um, this idea of responsibility um, for the divorce, and remember, we're talking about this because the bargain is, I'm not going to let this happen to my kids. So that's part of the bargaining process. So we talk about the fact that an event will happen, but then there are ripples outside of that event. And so what we're looking at is a picture of water rings after something has uh, fallen in the pond. And so parents make the choice, and that is to drop the rock in the water. And then ripples simply happen after them. And so when you see bad things happening, or ripples of the traumatic event, we tell kids that it's really not their fault and that they can let the bargains that they're thinking about pass away, much like ripples in the pond will pass if you just let them and realize that you are not responsible for them, but the parents are. So we, get, we encourage kids to give themselves time and space to see that all their bargains didn't fix what they didn't do in the first place. And it is a time to remember that we are human beings, not human doings, and that we are known and loved by God just because. So when kids get wrapped up in these feelings of responsibility for doing uh, something that happened that made the divorce happen, they forget that their base identity is just simply that they are a loved child of the creator of the universe and the living God. It, it forces them to, to feel responsible and to base their identity on doing good things in the future to make up for the divorce rather than just simply being a loved and cherished child. So we uh, remind kids that God sees them in their grief and is with them and loves them 
and can help them heal. And that God is all powerful, but he doesn't center the world on us. He doesn't do what we ask him to do all the time. He's constantly working for the best things in our lives, which many times we don't understand. So if we can remember to give this message to kids as they grow and heal through their divorce and trauma, it will really serve them well into the future. So this week's Lectio verse is Matthew 26, 39. My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. So when we do Lectio, um, just so you guys are aware, we, ref, uh, we read a verse, we reflect on it, and then we will um, decide what that verse is speaking to us and then rest in that. So I'm going to read this another uh, three times and talk through the steps as we go. So my father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. So pay close attention to the word or phrase that's sticking out to you today and just spend a few minutes and you can pause the podcast or video thinking about how it's impacting your heart today. I'll read it again. My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. And then the next question is, how are you to respond to this word or phrase? Are you just supposed to accept the gift? Or is God prompting you to do something? So think about those types of things moving forward. Or just meditate on the verse itself and allow your brain and heart to present to you images that are there. Next, my father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. And now we get to rest in going through this, this process to help us get to know our hearts and God a little better through this particular scripture. Now for activities that are done at, in these um, small groups, uh, oftentimes we would like to um, show videos. So when we switch to an at-home format for many, um, I uh, remembered the movie Big Hero 6. And so um, we're going to ask some questions, but this is an opportunity for you and your kids to watch Big Hero 6 and go through a few of the questions and how they pertain to grief. So the first question is, what is Hero's bargain? What is he thinking um, throughout the grieving process? Next is, of the main characters, who is grieving well and who is not grieving well? What is the danger in grieving by yourself? Who grieves in solitude and community? And who has only grieved in solitude? Question for the kids is, would you want a Baymax and why? If you had a Baymax, what would he help you with? Telling a special adult your feelings, hanging out with friends, or scanning you to tell you what's going on, or something else that would attract you to having a Baymax. So we come to the end of the podcast, and I say this prayer with everyone, uh, whether it's small group or teens. And so I hope you are getting something out of these podcasts and enjoy the prayer and join us for um, other episodes. 
Dear Heavenly Father, I beg you to help remind every person hearing this prayer that you hear all prayers and suffer with us as Jesus knows tremendous suffering. We often think of ways to make a deal with you when we grieve. Help us remember you value the conversation, but what you want most is our honest feelings, joy, sadness, anger, bitterness, disgust, and fear. Bring us peace and comfort at knowing that you can make good things come from these bad times. Help us have the hope to see your good works. Inspire us with wisdom to do the next right thing, remembering that we are simply a cherished and loved child of God, even though we are experiencing suffering. Be with us in our grief, however unique it is for each individual. We love you and are forever grateful for Jesus' sacrifice and being our good shepherd. In his precious name we pray, amen. Amen.